0: Hey guys. Welcome back to 35,000 feet. I'm Alexa Jorgensen. And this week, Kylie and I sit down to chat with Annie from Annie's Bucket List. Annie is a full-time travel blogger from Sydney, Australia, and she has curated the most amazing travel life. Kylie and I love getting to talk with her about how she kind of got into travel and her next adventures on her bucket list you know, the things that come up in travel, is travel scary, all the good stuff, all the nitty gritty. So let's just hop right into the episode and hear from Annie. Well, let's start out with you. We're so excited because I don't know. I think you've been all over the place it would yeah. seem. So, <laughs> I think we both share that travel bug. <laughs> so, kind of just introduce yourself, I think first and foremost, and tell everybody just like a little bit about you and kind of what you do.
1: Okay, so where do I start? <laughs> um, <laughs> So, my uh, channel on Instagram is Annie's Bucket List, and I'm a travel influencer. So, I went from working in my corporate nine to five job for nearly like 10 years and switching over to full time travel. So, I'm location independent now, um, and every opportunity that I have to travel, I'll take it because it's part of my job now to create beautiful content, and I'm super passionate about that. And that's what I do. Um, so that's me in a nutshell, because if you want me to get down into like where I started and my journey to get here, it's a long story. So I'll let you lead the way with that.
2: <laughs> awesome. Um. Yeah, no, I was just spending time with you in Vietnam. I was so impressed with all the things that you've done and yet you know all these things that are upcoming on your bucket list. I, I know you have like it sounds like a world tour coming up or something. Tell I, you told me briefly about it in Vietnam, but I would love to hear a little bit more. Um, your yeah, what's what's upcoming for you here really soon? Yeah,
1: uh, it is a whirlwind coming up soon. We're leaving for this trip next Thursday, actually. I didn't realise how soon it was, but next week. So we're doing a round-the-world trip, and we start in Hong Kong, uh, head off to Bali, and then Japan. After Japan, I think it's we're going to Dubai, Africa, and the Bahamas, Exumas, and... Italy, so around Cinque Terre, and to the U.S. So, yeah, it's a big trip. There's a lot that we've tried to pack up, pack into one, and I'm struggling to remember from beginning to end. <laughs> Once we're there, <laughs> we'll be
0: there. That's so exciting. I feel like hearing that. It's like, oh my gosh, like some she's gonna go out there and travel the world. But I think from like an outside perspective, to a lot of people, that sounds Intimidating. Like, I was just at lunch with a friend before this, and I was like, let's go to Italy. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, that's so far and so much happening. Like, why would we do that when we can just play in the US? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what? But how did you yeah. kind of get into, I guess, travel? And especially now that it's kind of like your, full-time gig, like, how did you, I mean, I don't know if there were any hurdles getting into that or, like, the intimidating facts of it, and it's, like, I'm sure even once you're great at traveling, I think there's still always, like, intimidating parts about it, like, doing a world tour, like, that's probably going to take a minute, you know? Like, how did you kind of get into that, and how did you kind of, like, acclimate yourself, I guess is the right word?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I have family that don't understand the lifestyle of packing and going all the time but I guess once you start like you don't want to stop I'm sure you guys can relate to that yeah I guess how it started was it was more of a personal thing and there were so many factors into how but I never really anticipated uh, travel would be my full-time job. It was just travel was something that I've always wanted to do, always wanted to tick off my list. So prior to being a travel influencer slash content creator, however you like to call it now, I was doing a lot of like uh, fashion and um, lifestyle kind of posts, so taking pictures of my outfits and what I wore and what I would shop online. But it wasn't really my identity anymore. I started off loving that that arena but eventually my interest changed as I got older and I really wanted to travel. I found myself on Instagram, on Pinterest, like saving all these pictures of beautiful travel destinations and I just wanted to go there and that was what I wanted to do. But I was in a relationship at the time with someone who didn't share that travel interest. And for the few years that we were together, we never went anywhere or did anything. And then I guess once that relationship came to an end, I was like, I need to fulfill this. I need to do this. On top of that, like, working in a really high-pressure corporate job, like, I just felt like I was constantly living for the weekends, constantly living for the next holiday, and I just needed a break. I even suffered from a bit of anxiety and really had a hard time dealing with that, so I, I did medically need a break anyway um there were just so many factors as to why I wanted to travel and when I did do it I around that same time was when I did meet my fiance and he was at the same point in life as me and really wanted to tick off all these things on his bucket list as well and I guess that's how I became Annie's bucket list and he became Will's bucket list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just started traveling. So at first, we would book things whenever it was vacation period, a long weekend. And take as many photos as we did on that trip because that's what we both love doing. We're both photographers and creators at heart. So we just shared that passion for creating beautiful content. And then I started uploading it onto um, Instagram. And that's when I saw that my followers really picked up and people really engaged with that content. And that was what I just continued to do. And then it became my job.
2: That's incredible. I have to say also congratulations on your upcoming wedding. It's really exciting. I haven't met <laughs> Yeah. I haven't met Will, obviously yet, but I must I just have to say couple goals. Will's bucket list and Annie's bucket list. <laughs> so you, like, honestly. That's amazing. <laughs> but I think it's easy I but I think you hit on a couple interesting points. You know, you mentioned, you know, in, in your previous relationship, you know, it was it was tricky to, to travel because you were, you know, maybe your partner didn't support that as much. And I mean, I'm curious even now, I mean, in my own life, I'm married and my husband actually does travel with me quite a bit, but I find yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really sweet to hear that from you. <laughs> But you know, I find it's interesting, and as I talk, I think to, in particular, women, I find that often—not always—but often there's a lot more wonderlust or wonderlust, and you know, travel dreams and ideas and inspiration that just kind of women tend to want to travel more. And so I've, you know, noticed this even even in in my relationship. I mentioned my husband does travel with me, but I'm always trying to get him to come more places and do more things. I'm curious. Um, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Off the beaten track. And I'm just curious how you, you know, maybe some, some things that you've seen as you've traveled, maybe like, how, how do you balance that? And I know, you know, you're engaged, you're getting ready to get married. Will obviously has a bucket list as well, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Like what does that look like for you and how do you, um, how do you balance things?
1: I still feel like I'm learning how to balance things every day Uh, when I'm on the road. I'm I'm working digitally, I'm freelancing as well, so I'm juggling a few things at once. But I think um, the the, the important thing about somebody who wants to travel quite often is that they just need that passion and drive to focus on whatever tasks that they still have to do while they're traveling. But yeah, I particularly found it hard because I've got the wedding coming up and then all these wedding plans were being juggled with travel plans, but I just because i'm passionate about both i just made time for it i think i'm the type of person that will wake up early and stay up late to get everything done so i think naturally you just need to have that drive in you otherwise you're going to burn out but yeah i'm not sure if that answers your question (laughs) But I just feel like um, you need to have that personality to want to travel and balance other things at the same time. But when you are traveling, I think it kind of gives you that adrenaline rush and that adrenaline to keep going and doing whatever you have on your to-do list or your bucket list. So that's how I feel like Will and I, we both share that common personality and that's how we're both able to do it together.
2: I love that. I think... (laughs) One thing that you said, I I resonate with, and I think Alexa probably does as well, it's travel is something that energizes you and it's exciting, you know, it sparks curiosity, you learn new things, you're thrown into situations that are completely new and foreign. And that's, that's really thrilling. And I think for me, for you and for a lot of travelers, I think that's what keeps us going back. And it's really cool that you and Will both share that. Like I said, couple goals. (laughs)
1: on a normal day you wouldn't say to your partner hey let's wake up at 4 a.m every day so we can catch the sunrise but that's what Will and I would do every day when we're on holiday and then before you know it it's like midnight like how long have we been awake because (laughs) we've been wanting to do so much and we're so excited to be in that destination that you lose track of time but I really love that about travel as well. You get lost in your destination. You want to learn more. You want to see more and you just keep going.
0: I love that. I think that's totally true that you do get this like high <laughs> out of traveling. Yeah. But I guess my <laughs> question along with that is like, it kind of can bring a low to your normal life because like, I know I love, obviously we're all here cause we like to travel a lot, but when I'm not on a trip and I'm back home, I'm like, okay, like I need like I need some culture, I need some good food. I need like I crave all those things and it almost can sometimes make my day-to-day life seem a little bit dull. How do you kind of combat that and still find, you know, new cultural things and new like things that make you excited and make you feel that same energy in your day-to-day life instead of like always just wishing for the next trip?
1: always brings me home is like family and friends like I do get that like you you get the post-holiday blues you come home you're like oh back to routine and you know back to my wake up and I'm not doing anything like culturally different from home (laughs) but then seeing familiar faces is always nice so that always brings me back and that's why I can't leave my friends and family because I do miss them while I'm away but you're right like sometimes even when you go to the same destination like a three or four times, you kind of think, Oh, I've I've been there, I've done that. What else is there? What else is there? What else is there? And you're constantly searching for the next thing, but at the same time, because your eyes are open to this new food or new way of life or new adventures that you've experienced, you kind of want to share the story as well. So I find myself coming home with all these travel stories or all these recommendations or all these like fun new food that I've been able to bring overseas, and I want to share it with my friends. And that's also something that I look forward to when I'm back to my normal day to day. So I think trying to share the things that inspires you from travel is always fun as well. And that's probably why I end up writing it out onto a blog or onto Instagram because mm. I want to share that inspiration with other people once I'm back to my daily grind. It's like, hey, I'm back here. I can relate. You're probably back in front of your computer working too, but make sure you add this to your list. So, <laughs> so I think that's what that, I, I, I do enjoy that kind of um, downtime coming home and being able to share my experiences. But yeah, at the same time, I'm still sitting there like, what's next?
2: I think we all have that feeling. What's next? But Annie, I'd love to kind of take a step back and dive into some of these travel experiences that you've had. I know, you know, as I've talked to different people who, um, you know, have traveled, love to travel, I find that for each person, it's a little bit different as far as what really keeps them, keeps that, you know, enthusiasm and keeps that drive going. I know for me, I love to travel because I love to connect with people. I also love to try the great food, but really it's to meet people and to see, you know, how they live, and to try to connect with them on a deeper level. I'm curious for you and you kind of touched on this, you know, what keeps what what really draws you to travel and maybe like what have been some of the most memorable experiences that you've had as you've traveled.
1: For me, it's mainly the beautiful landscapes like I love seeing something that's so foreign and different from what I'm used to and some of the most memorable moments that I've had traveling was the first time that I went to Turkey. Turkey was the first destination that I went to where friends and family were like no don't go there like too dangerous like it's too unpredictable and nobody that I had really known here had been to Turkey before and it was a big question mark but still something that I really wanted to explore and then when we got there I was just like overwhelmed and taken back by how beautiful it was because it's such like a semi like arid region there's not a lot of people there but there are so many beautiful like landscapes of all these fairy chimneys and like hundreds of air balloons in the sky every sunset and sunrise was beautiful it was so beautiful that literally brought me to tears (laughs) I feel like um, when something touches you like that emotionally that's what really sticks with you and that's why I really, really love Turkey. I have a soft spot for it and I'll always tell people to go there that it's not dangerous. You can travel there safely yeah I really enjoy sharing that message of um, places that people are scared to go to to tell them that it's okay and these destinations are actually something that you need to experience in order to open your eyes to just how wonderful the people the culture and everything is because um, there are so many destinations that I feel like people are scared of that need to really that are really underrated and need to be shared and that's what I really love doing like going to places like that and being able to share my experiences and inspire other people to go there too.
2: Yeah very well said. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I
0: I mean kind of along with that I was just gonna kind of pose the question of like you mentioned you had anxiety a lot before you kind of started traveling and I don't feel like anxiety is necessarily something that goes away you just find different ways to deal with it right but you also brought up fear like I think those are two things that go a lot with travel mm-hmm. and it makes it yeah and
1: I, I keep on getting the comment of like are you sure you want to go there like you're just like a little Asian girl someone's going to kidnap you like I feel like a girl, I'm going to
0: get kidnapped. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, what advice would you give to people of like how to both face the fear of like, like you said, like people feel like they're going to go somewhere and feel unsafe, as well as like it's also kind of a mental battle sometimes of like putting yourself out of a space that makes you uncomfortable and it does make you anxious and whatever that is? Like, what would be kind of your words of advice for people who are really trying to push those boundaries, but maybe haven't gotten there yet?
1: Yeah, I mean, doing your research beforehand and just really getting to know exactly like what tools you need on you. So I always have like my offline, like Google Maps downloaded with me. So if I'm ever lost, then I know how to find my way back. And uh, if you're in an area where people don't really speak any English, just have, I guess, cards or things that can show people where you want to go to so they can help you and just little bits and pieces like that that you pick up as you travel help you get along like get get around but yeah I mean common sense will actually kick in when you're (laughs) traveling to other countries just the same as when you're here at home in Australia, in the US, wherever you are, that you need to be street smart and find your way around. It's the same as overseas. So just doing your research and having everything that's available to you offline without the internet gives you that, I guess, that easy way to get around and feel safe and secure. But it really depends on the destination that you go to and the way that you interact with people and just knowing how to respect the country and be respectful and that kind of thing, I think is important as well.
0: I love that. I think it is all about like being aware and realizing I love saying kind of the worst scenario. If you think about like the worst possible scenario, it's usually not that bad. Like you stress yourself out about so many things, especially when it comes to travel. And it's like, if you get lost, like you're going to be fine. Like, you're going to figure it out if if you get sick, if you, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the worst case scenario pretty much usually never happens. And if you can, like, come to terms with those worst case scenarios, then it's like, it's all going to be fine. And you can be prepared by doing your research or being informed or talking to people who've been there before or whatever that looks like
1: yeah and I feel like people are so dependent on what they hear on the news um, to sway the decision on whether or not they want to go to a country but we only hear bad news we only hear when there has been an attack somewhere or or there's like a riot somewhere we don't hear the good news and Mm -hmm. that really makes people scared of destinations but you could literally be anywhere and can get sick or run into trouble it, it's just you're in the wrong place at the wrong time but you can never guess where that is or what country it is um, I like even for me like traveling around Vietnam with you around Asia I was scared I would get um, I would eat something bad or get sick because I wasn't you know sure how I would react to the food but actually before I saw you in Vietnam I was in the US completely did not even think about me getting sick with eating any food there because I thought it would be exactly the same as Australian food and I ended up getting sick over the food that I ate in the US. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was fine in Vietnam so you can just never prepare for these things to um, happen but there is a way to prepare yourself just in case anything does happen but you never you never know you can run into things good or bad whichever country that you're in.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's funny, I remember hearing something at actually a a travel conference that I was at from a guy who actually writes guidebooks. And he said, you know, people always tell me that to be safe, you know, oh, safe travels, you know, safe flight. And he was like, I never understood that because technically speaking, you're more likely to get in an accident or be in danger within, what is it, five or 10 miles of your house? And so he, he started telling people, Okay, yeah, thanks. Have a safe stay at home. <laughs> so I've started saying that, and I think we should all start saying that. <laughs> I know the amount of times that I've like tripped
0: over things around here. At the right now. <laughs> When I'm it's dangerous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh yeah. I've heard like driving's like the most, that's the most dangerous yeah. thing you can do. Right. And that's something we do every single day and like, don't even think twice. And then we like go on a scooter ride and we're like, this is it. This is the end for, <laughs> 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 you know, or just whatever it is. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and I think that's one beautiful thing about travel is it really has the power to shift perspective. Right. Like we're talking about all these things that we've heard. We've all heard, you know, people say these things about, you know, being dangerous traveling or not knowing the language or, you know, getting lost, not knowing where you're going. And I think, you know, when you actually take the step and and visit a new destination, you know, whether that's on your own, whether that's with friends, whether that's on a tour, you realize that a lot of those things that you've been told really aren't true right so I'm curious Annie from from your perspective how has travel like have you seen as you've traveled more and more like your perspective like shift and it it becomes easier for you to kind of you know listen to people and say ah uh, you know thanks for your advice thanks for your concern but you know I'm I'm good <laughs> I'm curious if you've seen like a shift in your perspective
1: yeah I i every every time I go on a new trip to a new destination that I'm like constantly reinventing myself and re-looking at my values and my like beliefs before going to that country and after going to that country and I do see a shift and I think it's especially when I go to like I mentioned the countries where people are scared of people think are dangerous or they just heard something recently bad in the news about it and just want to avoid it after going there and then really being in the in the heart of the city and experiencing things and seeing things for yourself, you come home with a whole new appreciation for a destination that people are completely scared of and I think you have an appreciation for the way that people live over there and the way that everyone is so cool calm and collected despite what's been circling in the news and how western countries are reacting to things it definitely opens up your eyes and makes you want to explore more of these types of destinations for sure and you must have experienced that so many times with the countries that you you go to because you go on off beaten paths all the time, and I, I'm sure you have so many stories that you want to share, and such a new appreciation for a community of people that are generally kind of overlooked for travelers.
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's why we talked about media a little bit earlier, and that's why I love what you're doing, Annie. I love, you know, the, the people who are in a space of sharing positive stories, positive messages, and positive content. On these destinations because it helps combat, you know, what we're hearing on the news. And I think that slowly that's going to continue to help people shift perspective before they even go out on their trip. Cause a lot of people have never have, have yet to travel internationally yeah. and it just, yeah, what you're doing is, is, is awesome. And then on
1: the flip side,
2: there are places that
1: are so popular and you've seen so many pictures of it and everyone goes there and you think it's like going to be this amazing beautiful destination and you go there and it's so crowded and everyone is there and that also hinders your travel experience so um I think it's it's good and it's nice to experience the the parts that people don't necessarily like think about as their first destination to go to because that's an added but You don't need to fight the crowds as much and <laughs> you get to experience new and different things that you haven't heard of before. So yeah, definitely um, sharing positive messages of uh, places that are generally overlooked is something that I really love doing too.
0: Yeah. I think that's like a good point to bring up because I don't remember, I think I was reading, it's called like why social media is ruining your life. I think is what the book is called. <laughs> That's it's super interesting, actually, and she just talks about all these different things, but one of the things she was talking about, she was saying, like, you don't realize how many people are posting photos in, like, a beautiful location in front of the Eiffel Tower, and there's nobody in it, and you, like, go, and you're expecting to get a photo like that, and there's, like, a million people down on the grass, like, in your photo of the Eiffel Tower, and you're like, oh, wait, like, that's not real, <laughs> like, and I think it's yeah. hard, too, for people when they go somewhere to, like, actually live in the moment of where they are, as well as, like... It can honestly be kind of disappointing when you've seen so many photos of a place and then you go there and you're like, oh, this is it. Like, that's that's it. <laughs> you spent all this time seeing it on social media. And I think finding that balance is like an important thing to- consider, because I know that I've done that in my past and I'm, I try really hard not to do that now, is like if I've dreamt of somewhere for a really long time, like making sure I'm finding value in all the different parts of it and not just like, oh, I've been meaning to see this thing for so long and I've built it up in my head and now it's like disappointing because I've seen so many glamorous photos of it. And in reality, it's like, oh, it's just a building or it's just a statue. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, am I like disappointed about this? But it seems so, <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad when that happens, but I think, like, realizing that that can be a reality is, like, important, and then finding the value in Uh the experience in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the Eiffel Tower thing, because when we went to, um, when we were in France, uh, Will has family that live in France, and we took a photo at the Eiffel Tower. We probably were there like at 4.30 a.m. We were there like at sunrise really early and there were only a few people around. So in our photos and our videos, it was generally like empty. And after I put those pictures up on um, social media, his, Will's family from France were like, you know, we've lived here all our life and it is so strange to see photos and videos of nobody being there in the Eiffel Tower because every time we go there, it's crazy busy. (laughs) How did you... (laughs) Photo. So sometimes you go to these places that you can anticipate that there will be crowds because everyone knows about this place and you just need to figure out like what is that little time block where nobody is there and then try and have that personal like intimate experience. Yeah. Um yeah, but I definitely like there has been places that I've bookmarked or I've seen a lot of photos of and then I do get there and I'm like, oh, and I think one of the examples of that was when we went to Egypt, and I was so excited to see the Sphinx. I've seen so many pictures of it, and it's just like in all the movies, and you know, it's something that is on your list if you want to visit Egypt. And then when we got there, I, we got to the Sphinx, and then the, our guide was kind of like, So, this is the Sphinx here. And I looked at it thinking, Wow, in my head, it was so much bigger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so funny.
1: I imagined it to be 10 times bigger than it actually was. Um, and then I had to like snap myself back and like think, you know what? Not many people get to go go to Egypt and see the Sphinx, like soak it in. It's amazing. It's beautiful. But my instant reaction, because I had seen so many pictures and videos of it, was, oh, I thought it was way bigger than this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even he said, like even our guide said, yeah, that's for some reason, generally, that's what everyone says when they see the Sphinx. I don't know why. <laughs>
2: Thanks to social media, I guess, yeah, but honestly. I must, mm-hmm. I must say, Annie, after spending a week with you in Vietnam, one thing that really impressed me is how well you live in the moment. And I think that it's always interesting to see how that balance plays out because, you know, your job, you know, is to capture these experiences and that can be quite stressful. That can be a lot on your plate, but I just, I really admired how you really stepped back I remember multiple times when you just said oh isn't this so beautiful I'm just gonna you know take it in and I that still like resonates with me because I, I, I've traveled a lot you know I take photos I'm very involved in you know making sure that we get the content but it can be really hard to sometimes step back and really focus in on just enjoying the moment and the people that you're with and yeah that just really impressed me in Vietnam and I'm curious, has that always been kind of how you've traveled you've just always kind of been able to really enjoy the moments and know that you'll get the content when the
0: timing is right has that just come naturally <laughs> or did you have I'm to like so or did you have to learn it by like realizing you were only taking pictures at a place cuz i feel like that'll happen to me like yeah. i'll go somewhere with friends and i realize yeah. that like all we did was stand and take pictures and then <laughs> i left and i'm like did i even like look at it and that's like so sad to think about but like so true true yeah I I feel like Will has really rubbed off on me he
1: is such like a patient like really laid back guy and he kind of pulls me back to where we are and what are we what are we really here for what do we really want to see because prior to like when I would be traveling by myself or um, in the beginning when I first traveled with Will the itinerary was just this location after this location after this location Mm -hmm. then I get there and it's and I'm like oh no like I'm anxious I don't think I'll get the shot that I want and then you're right like you go home and you look at the pictures and you're like did I was I there I don't even (laughs) remember what we did there I just took a photo there (laughs) and after that kind of experience in the beginning um, we really made an effort to just really like have some downtime and when we get to somewhere it's okay to take it easy and take our time and explore and if we don't tick off everything on our itinerary, um, it's okay. Like if we love this place this much, we'll, we'll come back and we'll do more. Instead of just trying to fleetingly go through one location to the other, it's good to have like a happy memory of that place and listen to the sounds around you and just really soak it in. But yeah, there have been moments where I'll go to a place that I've been wanting to go to for a very long time and it's so busy and it kind of makes you like nervous or frustrated. I remember like when I was in China with my best friend, I was like, oh my God, we're going to see the Great Wall of China today. That's amazing. And I don't know why, but we decided to go to the busiest part of the Great Wall of China. (laughs) we were just constantly like hitting shoulders with other people and we never got a moment to just sit there and enjoy the view we're just trying to get a nice picture get a nice video and then you kind of walk away and think oh what did I really do when I was there and you realize it was a waste of a moment being there and not being present there so you uh, you do need to take a conscious effort to take in your surroundings but it hasn't always been like that for me I think I've just learned that over time I've learned that after looking back at a few photos thinking (laughs) what did we actually do there
2: (laughs) that's awesome I think it's a lesson that we can all learn from and we can all step back and enjoy the moment yeah picture check
0: check yourself (laughs) (laughs) especially in this digital
1: space like you said like social media does like it has the potential to ruin things because you're when you're somewhere new, you want to take the picture and then you might want to do a status update or you might want to share it right away, you might want to upload the story right away. And it's like, hey, you can do that later, you can do that when you're at the hotel room or wherever you are when you're winding down. When you're there, just soak it in and then you'll look back at those like pictures and those stories later, remembering like the experience that you had there. So you kind of need to. Put the phone down after you take a photo or do what you need to do and actually explore the place as well.
0: Yeah. I love that. And like actually getting to experience it is so important to remember. Okay. So we're coming to the end of our interview, which is so sad, but there are some (laughs) like, I guess, travel based questions. I know Kylie's been making a little list of questions as we've been talking. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like there's just like a couple of questions we wanted to ask before we finish up. So it'll kind of be a little bit, I guess rapid fire is not quite the right yeah. word, but in a way. So I guess my first question oh, that is sounds like. sounds very intense. Yeah, yeah. Rapid fire sounds a little too fast. <laughs> We're just so <laughs> like
2: interested. I am
0: here and yeah. <laughs> my <break is> <laughs> so my first question is what would be like your number one tip for maybe someone who's trying to get into traveling or somebody who maybe already does travel but has really like benefited your travel experience?
1: Oh, okay. I think number 1 tip is start at the place that you've been dreaming of going to for a long time and when you're oh, I didn't even know if this is really a tip. It's kind <laughs> of like <laughs> It's kind of like, hey, just tick off your bucket list, which is essentially what every traveler is doing, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um yeah, I think um the the thing about Being a like content creator being like a travel influencer and other people wanting to get in that space you do need to have that I guess like passion to want to take beautiful pictures and have that creative eye so anyone that is looking into getting into that space Yes, practice makes perfect. Go and start ticking off your bucket list. And then as you travel, as you find your own style and rhythm and content that you're really wanting to do and wanting to take, you'll just start bookmarking the areas that really resonate to you. And your style and content will develop as you do more travel. So, yeah, I think just start ticking off that list.
2: (laughs) I love that. I think the hardest thing is just getting on the plane, right? When you get on the plane, oh, yeah. then everything is exciting and thrilling from there. So I love that. Just take that first step. I'm curious, Annie, where was the first place that you traveled outside of you grew up in Australia? So what yeah, where was where was your first destination? Oh, if I had to think back. <laughs> That's a hard question. <laughs>
1: ever was to Vietnam and Cambodia Um, so I know I went to Vietnam recently with you but when I was a lot lot younger my parents because my my parents are originally from Vietnam, mum's side is Chinese, uh, dad's side is Vietnamese but they both grew up in Vietnam so when I was a kid we went to Vietnam but we mainly just visited family and our family kind of lived out in the woods, in the forest (laughs) 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 And we we stayed with family and we were sleeping in a hut on wooden planks and doing all these crazy things. And I remember coming home thinking, well, where was I? That's completely different from the way I live. Um, but, (laughs) But experiencing that at a young age definitely makes you think like there's a lot more out there. So that would have been the first ever travel destination I went to.
2: Awesome so fun. I think that probably instilled a sense of adventure in you. That sounds pretty adventurous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. I like having flashbacks of us like sitting on a a really rickety bike going into the jungle for like an hour. And then then my dad was sleeping outdoors in a hammock and I was sleeping on a wooden plank. It's all coming back to me now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not quite the most glamorous travel experience, but it's fun when it's connected to like a deeper meaning, like your family's from there and you got to experience that. I think that's so fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's fun to talk about it now have memories from it and they're all coming like they're all flooding back as you talk about the travel destination so it's nice it's nice having that memory
0: yeah okay what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten while traveling
1: Hmm, I'm probably boring because I'm vegetarian
0: so (laughs) Mm, that that rules out a lot uh, of the scary things
1: (laughs) yeah scariest thing oh I don't know this really weirdly grilled vegetable (laughs) (laughs) a lot of um, strange like fruit in my time that I don't even know what they are or the name of them but before I was vegetarian I have to unfortunately say that the weirdest thing that I had ever eaten was a balut egg and I know people think that is horrible that is disgusting but (laughs) I was young I didn't know what it was I thought it was normal
2: (laughs) it's all perspective right
1: and he was like describing it like oh there is there was like this bird embryo inside an egg that I had to eat and it was disgusting and as he was explaining I thought to myself in my head oh I have voluntarily eaten that (laughs) (laughs)
0: like I wasn't dying in the in the forest like I ate that (laughs) freely (laughs) that's
2: incredible. Well, I think we just have uh, probably two more questions. I have one more for you and then we'll let Alexa kind of ask the the final uh, big bang question. Whenever I go on a trip, I always end up with some very interesting things in my suitcase, whether it's like a jar of peanut butter or I don't know, something really random, two shoes that don't match. I don't know how that (laughs) happens, but it does. I'm (laughs) curious. Have you done that? Okay. It's not just me. I'm curious, you can answer this either way. What's one thing that's always in your suitcase or maybe what's something that's strange or unique that you don't, you'd don't never leave home without?
1: Okay, well, I never leave home without my portable hard drive and I think that's not a normal thing. <laughs> but I need it there with me because I need a backup for all of the pictures that we take on the camera and then we have to clear the card and save it up somewhere else. So that's like a, a geeky thing that I always have to take with me. But... I guess in terms of strange things like oh uh, I don't know I always have a snack bag of like random snacks that I'm into at the moment that always changes so right now I really love like um, these like roasted fava beans and I take mm. them with me everywhere and then for the honeymoon I'm like I need 10 in my bag <laughs>
2: <laughs> a whole bag for fava yeah. beans
1: <laughs> yeah I go through weird phases of like enjoying random snacks so that's always yeah and when I was in the U.S. I was like obsessed with Popcorn, and then I wanted to bring popcorn kernels back into Australia without realizing, hey, they're actually like seeds and grains that you can't take back. And that got confiscated off me at the airport. (laughs) So, yeah, they're some of the weird things, I guess, that I try and take around with me.
0: (laughs) That's That's, awesome. That's a good answer. Okay, final question. So, I guess we kind of discussed this at the beginning with you going on. Kind of your around the world trip, but what is the next thing on your bucket list, whether it's like a place you've been wanting to go forever or it doesn't even necessarily have to do with travel. Maybe it's something in your own personal life, but just kind of like what's your next thing, the next thing that's inspiring you, just your next bucket list item? This
1: destination, I feel like a lot of people have been to, but I haven't. And Will and I really want to go to Machu Picchu. <laughs> mm and yes. i am in love with the alpacas llamas <laughs> are they the same or are they different but I, either way i love them <laughs> either, <laughs> either way
0: they're know. both
1: cute <laughs> <laughs> yeah So cute, but I have a group of friends that recently came back from their trip to Peru, and they were in love. And I was so upset that I already had a trip that overlapped theirs, and I couldn't join them on their uh, Peruvian adventure. But I really want to tick that off my list, and I feel like that's something that a lot of people have started opening up to the idea of doing the W Trail and going to Machu Picchu. And I, yeah, it's definitely something high on my list.
2: Awesome. Yeah, definitely keep that on your list. It's, you've been many places, but I think that it's, it's really inspiring that, you know, you have so many, um, incredible destinations on your list and I know that you're gonna you're gonna get to all of them and experience them and live in the moment and it's just it's inspiring.
0: I know, I can't wait oh. to see your world trip.
2: I know. <laughs> We're gonna be following you. Yes, I'll be thank following you. along. I love following like Akinella now to yes. get some more inspirational places
1: to go. So yeah, yes. thank you for inspiring me too, guys.
2: That makes me so happy and um I'm already looking forward to our next trip together. I'm sure that won't be, that will be sometime in the near future, not far away. So be great yes
1: can't wait to see you again to actually see that that face to the voice that i'm so familiar to now (laughs) (laughs) so i would definitely love to join you again for sure
2: wonderful thank you so much for listening to this podcast made in partnership with Acanella expeditions Don't
0: forget to listen in next week and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. That really helps boost the podcast so we can bring it to even more listeners. And we'll be coming
2: to you from, who knows, our home in the United States or from 35,000 feet.
0: Until next week, bye.